Hello all and welcome to episode 10 of Geeks and Games. I'm Tiger as always and I'm joined by Yoshimitsu. Hello. To start this episode off, there are a couple of news items I want to cover first off. Um, Masahiro Sakurai, the Smash Bros. game designer, gave this presentation showing off the new showing off Pyra and Mithra and showing how it works. And it, it looks pretty interesting. But one of the interesting parts is he revealed some me costumes. And one of them was a Monster Hunter fighter, which in the last episode, I was talking about how there was a possibility that the next fighter could be a Monster Hunter character. That might just be what the news article I read was um, actually leading to. But... Anyway, there's also going to be a me costume of Arthur from the video game series Ghosts and Goblins. Nice. Which is also cool. And also, I found out something very interesting. There was this Minecraft YouTuber I used to watch a bunch called Fundy right when he was gaining steam at some point last year. And I'm like, I haven't seen many of his uploads in a while, so I think I'll check. And then I noticed that he hadn't uploaded in a while. And then I looked this up, and apparently... During a stream or something, he made a couple of inappropriate jokes that got him banned from doing videos. So, very sad. Kind of like what happened to James Gunn with the whole Guardians of the Galaxy 3 fiasco. Anyway, this episode might be a little bit shorter than normal because not too many news items have happened. I mean, now that I'm mentioning it, there is one more thing. I think Nintendo hasn't revealed it yet, but at this point they... There's basically confirmation that there is going to be a Switch Pro releasing sometime soon. It's going to have a much bigger screen than the original Switch. Anyway, this episode's going to be mainly centered on one of Nintendo's greatest and most famous handheld portable systems, the Game Boy. Um, because this year's in gaming is talking about 1989, I think I'll have Yoshimitsu start us off with the years in gaming. Okay, thank you. So February 2nd of 1989 saw the release of SimCity. April 21st, the Game Boy came out, uh, but it didn't come out in the U.S. till July uh, 31st. May 12th, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out uh, in Japan. It wasn't released in the U.S. until some point in June. Oh, uh, sorry, with the Game Boy, uh, was really Super Mario Land Tetris. Super Mario Land and Tetris. Those oh. are separate games. <laughs> Comment got deleted. Revenge of Shinobi was released on June 18th. Uh, that was a Mega Drive slash uh, Genesis game. Great soundtrack. July 27th, um, Mother or Earthbound Beginnings was released, depending on where you live. Uh, it was released on the Wii U on June 14th in 2015. Yeah, that's... um. Actually, speaking of the Wii U, one other thing is apparently the Wii U received a firmware update a couple of weeks ago, which is very odd, since I don't think the Wii U has gotten any real Nintendo-based focus since the Switch launched. And even then... Most of the Wii U, good Wii U games have been ported to the Switch. So other than all the interesting virtual console selections, there's really not much reason to own a Wii U, but Earthbound Beginnings is one of the cool reasons. It's like the only way to get an official Nintendo-authorized English translation of the original Mother game. 
one other thing was I was going to mention, speaking of game localizations, I feel like one of the perfect things that Nintendo should do next, maybe with the launch of the Switch Pro, maybe it could carry over to the Switch, is that they could set up a virtual console but and also have the, these games free on the Switch Online, but expand beyond just Nintendo and Super Nintendo and add basically all of their main systems and have like five games for each system available at launch you know what that, i think they need what the switch pro what an official mother three translation if yeah. they release that with the switch pro i will save up and buy it actually i feel like it might be better if um not just mother three but also but all three like um so Earthbound Beginnings, Earthbound, and Mother 3, which will probably just call Earthbound Infinite or something to keep with the um the theme they're doing. Because they called Mother 2 Earthbound when it launched yeah. in the States with a Super Nintendo. And they called the original Earthbound Beginning. So I, I don't know if they're just going to call it Earthbound 3 or Earthbound 2. Or I feel like Earthbound Infinite's a good selection. Maybe. I think that sounds good. But, I mean, they already do have translations of the first two official translations. The third one needs more love. It was yeah. such a good game. Many yes, but because the um, the original Earthbound's probably the easiest to, ac- to access because you can play it on a regular Super Nintendo, the new Nintendo 3DS eShop, and as well as the Wii U Virtual Console, the Super Nintendo Classic, which I played some of it there, and it's pretty interesting. I'm going to have to go back to it at some point, though. Anyways, returning from our tangent. Yes, yeah, sorry. August 14th, I uh, saw the release of the Sega Genesis that was in the U.S. September 1st, uh, the uh, Atari Lynx was released. September 14th, uh, DuckTales came out. Uh, rather famous soundtrack, very influential. Yes. Uh, December, fir- uh, sorry, October 3rd, uh, Prince of Persia was released. December 1st, Final Fight, uh, Big inspiration for Streets of Rage. Actually, some of the characters design was just copied over, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, uh, December 3rd, uh, NES Power Glove was released. December 15th, The Wizard. And um, December 22nd, Castlevania 3: Dracula's Curse came out. Uh, it didn't come out in the U.S. until September 1st the next year. And then... Uh, uh, at some point during that year, uh, also Rocket and Roller, uh, Roll and Rocker, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Herzog's um, Way and Fantasy Star 2. All right. Um, so I have some explanations behind most of these. The first one, DuckTales, I should have included that soundtrack on my top 10 game soundtracks because the moon theme is sheer perfection. Okay. That it is a beautiful soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, however, I have to. Uh, regret that the only track I've heard from that is Moon Theme. And I I played DuckTales Remastered a while ago, and it was really good. Super challenging, but really good. Yeah, Moon Theme is considered one of the most influential pieces of video game music out there. Uh, if you have not heard it, it's hard to call yourself a video game music fan. Yeah. Um, it's very good. And with Final Fight... Um, that series had three entries on the Super Nintendo, Final Fight 1 through 3, but they also had an entry called Final Fight Guy, which is one of the rarest Super Nintendo games ever. Hmm. Um, 
the NES Power Glove was this thing that was meant for people to control the NES with their fingers. And I heard that it's kind it kind of works, but also doesn't. And the other NES accessory that I probably should have specified on when I sent you that list was the NES Rollin' Rocker is something that this game company called LJN invented. So you the Rollin' Rocker, you stand on it. It kind of works like a Wii balance board. It functions the same way as a D-pad, but you can't. But you need to use a regular NES controller, too, because you, you need them for the rest of the buttons. Rolling Rocker works as the D-pad, everything else you need the NES controller for. Kind of bad. Strange. But it would I be I feel something. like that would result in a lot of accidents. Mm. It'd be People something. falling over and smacking into their TV. It would be something fun to pull out at a party, though. Um, yeah. And then you fall off and break something, but... As you can tell by the sound of things, I do not have a very high opinion of this idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, and The Wizard, which is the... Uh, that was a movie that promoted Super Mario Bros. 3, basically. It was before video games really entered the mainstream, and so it was revolutionary seeing something like this in a film. And it had the kid from Princess Bride in it. Um, Fred Savage. But anyway, because this episode is about the Game Boy, I thought I'd talk a bit about it. So, probably the Game Boy's most famous game would have to be Tetris, but it did not originate on the Game Boy. It came out in Russia on this Soviet computer called the Electronica 360. The main theme for it that's so famous actually comes from a Russian folk song called um Korobeniki. you can kind of hear it actually if you listen closely it does sound russian and it's a russian game so yeah so the developer of this game was alexei pajitnov i i might have pronounced that wrong mm. alexei pajitnov yeah probably but anyway the probably the other most famous game for the game boy is super mario land which i've played because my uncle has that game and a game boy advance so that game was actually pretty pretty good, but it's too hard, too short, and also not that good compared to other games. But anyway, moving on to the facts about it. All right, so both the Game Boy and Game Boy Color together, I couldn't find their individual sales figures together, sold 118,690,000 units. That is amazing. The best-selling game was Tetris, as we've already established. That game was pretty good. And the best-selling game on the system was Pokemon Red and Blue. And I haven't really played any of the Pokemon games. I should. My sister's a big fan of those. Um, and what's, uh, I saw this in a YouTube video that what people regard as kind of the worst game is Titus the Fox because it's kind of like... It, it released on some other systems, too, and it was observed as kind of a downgrade because of the resolution of the Game Boy. There was actually a Mortal Kombat Game Boy port that I originally had as the worst game on the Game Boy, but then I traded it out for Titus the Fox. The reason Mortal Kombat works so badly is because it's designed for a bunch of specific button inputs, and it doesn't work too well on the Game Boy. Actually, a note on Mortal Kombat. I saw this YouTube video earlier today where it's like the worst movie line in script writing history 
So what it is, is it's from the film Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And what it is, it's this, um, so like this person goes up to the villain of the film and says, you're alive. And the other person says, too bad, you will die. And there are so many amazing comments below those videos. Also, I think Yoshimitsu's on the phone or something, so he won't be... I'm not saying he won't be on, but it'll probably take him a second. But So I'll talk about the rarest game for the system is Amazing Tater, which is a puzzle game centered around this kid named Spud. He has another game called Spud's Adventure, which is also a super rare game for the Game Boy. And Spud's Adventure was actually an English localization of a game that... Mm, it's kind of has two different versions, similar to how Super Mario Bros. 2 works. But anyway, like, Spud's Adventure in Japan came to America originally as Quirk, but there's also a American version of that game called Spud's Adventure. That game's also pretty rare. Um, the last game released on the system was Pokemon Yellow in 1999, which was essentially... Like, one of those enhanced versions of the Pokemon Gen 1 games. There are, like, at least three... Well, maybe not at least three, but there always seem to be the two main games for each Nintendo system. That's a Pokemon game, and then there's the sort of expansion. I mean, with the DS, 3DS, and Switch, there have been two separate generations of games on there because the DS got Black and White and Diamond and Pearl. <laughs> Is it okay if I say this, Yoshimitsu? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> right. So apparently... He told me that he got a call from the National Guard who's looking for somebody in the middle of the podcast recording. That's so random. Um, it is. But anyway, things like that happen sometime. Interesting. Um, there were some interesting Game Boy-related accessories. Like The first one that comes to mind that a lot of you may remember is the um, Super Game Boy, which allowed you to play... Game Boy games on your Super Nintendo. It didn't work with Game Boy Color games, though. There was a version of that released in Japan called the Super Game Boy 2 for the Super Famicom. It kind of found a successor in the Game Boy Player for the GameCube, which is one of the only reasons to own a GameCube. I don't own one because I can play GameCube games on my Wii. Another interesting accessory is the Game Boy Sonar, which was apparently this thing that was designed for real life fishing but also as part of a fishing game what it was very interesting there were also some other interesting models of the game boy one of them was the game boy light which was just a game boy with a backlight that was released in japan all right so i looked this up the Game Boy Pocket Sonar is a peripheral for the Nintendo Game Boy made by Bandai that used sonar to locate fish underwater for the sport of fishing. That's interesting. And it also has a fishing minigame built in. That's the most, that's the weirdest video game accessory or something. It would have been cool if Sega made a bass fishing port for the Game Boy that worked in conjunction with that game. I mean, then again, it, it probably couldn't work since you need the Game Boy Sonar to be plugged in the regular Game Boy cartridge insert, and that wouldn't work with two games at once. But anyway, the Game Boy Light. It was a Japanese exclusive version of the Game Boy with a backlight. Shame it never came to America. We didn't get a backlight for a Game Boy model in America until the Game Boy Advance SP. Not even the regular Game Boy Advance. The SP took you long enough. Um, there was also the Game Boy Pocket, which is just the regular Game Boy, but smaller and a little more optimized. 
There was also this thing called the Game Boy Camera and Printer where you could, I think, print screenshots from games on a print, uh, a little printer device or something. That's pretty cool. There was um, also the Game Boy Camera accessory, and there was this mini game built in that has a very odd story behind it. There's this mini game where it's kind of RPG-like where you can access a bunch of functions and one of the options is run so and if you click run a very odd face will pop up yo shimitsu i'll show this to you through screen share there was also this other accessory called the handy boy so the handy boy was supposed to make it easier to hold the game boy so you put it on top of the Game Boy and it allowed you a joystick in place of a D-pad. Also gave you better B buttons, a screen magnifier, a backlight. So anyway, I'll show this to you in a second. See, isn't that creepy looking? That is... Yeah, why is that in a Game Boy camera uh, game? Who are you running from? It looks like... It looks like a punk rock band member. No, it also looks a bit like if he's chewing Wonder on a woman his... had disheveled hair and her tiara with a star on it just melted into her nose. Oh dear. And she it's... got stitches all over her face and wrinkles. Yeah. It's very weird. And decided to eat her finger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If if you're interested, look this up. It's not terribly scary, but it is kind of scary, but Anyway, that's basically all the Game Boy accessories. Some other Game Boy games that I wanted to cover real quick is, first off, as well as Super Mario Land 1, we got Super Mario Land 2, which introduced the character of Wario for the very first time. And Kirby got his very first game on the Game Boy, Kirby's Dream Land. Then he got Kirby's Adventure on the NES. Then there was also I have Kirby. actually played Kirby's Dreamland, and it is it's pretty fun. Relatively simple, pretty fun. Kirby games are pretty easy. I haven't played too much of them. I played some of Kirby Superstar, but I, and some of Kirby's Dream Course as well. But there was also Kirby's Dreamland Two, also on the Game Boy, and Kirby's Dreamland Three released in 1997 for the Super Nintendo, which was odd. Cons I think it was one of the last Nintendo published titles for the Super Nintendo. In, in terms of American releases, that is. Not 100% sure, though. There was also a Metroid Return of Samus, which is the sequel to the original Metroid on the NES. Wario Land, which is technically subtitled Super Mario Land 3, but it's not really a Mario game. It's kind of the whole Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island thing where it's not really a sequel. It just happens to have the title in it. So is Wario Land a Mario game? That is up to you. Um, Dr. Mario, the Game Boy had quite a few cool puzzle games. Tetris being the most famous, obviously. Dr. Mario, also a very famous one. That one's really good. I think it also got a release on the NES at the on the same day the Game Boy one was released. There was also this game called Kid Dracula that I heard is pretty famous for the system. It's a platformer where you play as this little Dracula kid. Um, yeah, nothing much to say about this one. I haven't really played it. There's also Final Fantasy Adventure, which is a Final Fantasy spinoff for the Game Boy. And one of the last games I wanted to touch on was Donkey Kong 94. 
it's it's just called Donkey Kong, but it's also called Donkey Kong 94 by fans because it released in 1994, and it's a way of differentiating between the arcade original and the Game Boy version. Kind of like a sequel to the original Donkey Kong, but it has better, con- well, not better controls, but better levels that are more fun, more diverse. I might get that game on the 3DS eShop. Anyway, that's essentially all the Game Boy games that I really had listed. But there was also Alleyway, which was essentially a breakout clone. And the Donkey Kong Land series, which is Donkey Kong Country, but downscaled to work on a Game Boy. Do you have any other uh, Game Boy games that you've played? Uh, Just Mother 3. That's a Game Boy Advance game, not Game oh, Boy. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's it. We, I mean, we could have grouped the regular Game Boy and Game Boy Color together since they're essentially the same thing, but the Game Boy Color plays very specific games. But might save that for... I'm going to have to save that for when it comes out in 1998, so nine episodes from now we'll be covering the Game Boy Color. Okay. Anyway, one more thing. Uh... Yoshimitsu, I checked out the uh, intro to a well, I can't remember what it was, it was called, Alien Trooper or something. You said the intro was super confusing. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I, the uh, Alien Soldier. Yeah, it yeah, the, it was so confusing. I got lost. Their grammar and word choices <laughs> confounded me. Yeah, and then you you read through this entire thing. It's like developed this entire backstory. It's very confusing, but it's developed it nonetheless. You get to the end, and it just ends abruptly with, also, he decided to go after his nemesis. So it's kind of like, why waste our time with all of this? None of it matters. Just get get to that part. Nobody wants to wait five minutes to play this game. I really like the way Final Fantasy VII opens because it just tosses you into the middle of the action, and you have to figure out the story as you go along. I, I mean, couldn't that's get- nice sometimes, but... I couldn't quite get through Final Fantasy VII because RPGs are kind of confusing to me. I've I've been playing a bit of Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, not the original Game Boy Advance one, the 3DS um, remaster, and it's pretty cool. Um, so that's an RPG that I think is really enjoyable, and I might actually be able to get to the end of it this time. I might at some point let you borrow uh, my Mother 3 uh, game. That's uh, it's a really fun game. I would highly recommend yeah. you play it. Oh, that would be nice. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have trouble getting your hands on an actual translation. But uh, anyway, thank you for joining us for this slightly shorter than usual episode of <laughs> Geeks and Games. Just slightly, half yeah. an hour shorter. <laughs> yeah um episodes really aren't that long since i usually just gather information i'm gonna have to be i'm gonna have to start getting more concise or at least have a better episode topic in mind than just dependent on the years in gaming um it's a good start but it's not gonna last forever yeah so. i'll probably plan i'm gonna plan something for next time uh by the time we get into 2009 for years in gaming that's when minecraft alpha released by the time we get there, that episode, I have a r- really big thing planned for it. Oh, there is also there is also one more thing. Um, me and Yoshimitsu are both um, 
both go to the same church, which is a Greek Orthodox church. And it's not the same thing as Orthodox Jewish for those listeners wondering. Um, so <laughs> because Lent is starting soon, there are a bunch of church services. Some of them take place on Monday evenings, which is when we record. So from now on, the episodes might be a little scattered until Easter comes out. And the way the Orthodox Come, calendar works is... Easter comes out, you make it sound like it's a video game. <laughs> oh, well, it's a video game podcast. Makes sense. Um, By the time Easter comes around, we should be back to normal. And also, Easter usually comes either a little later or a little earlier than the regular easter that most people celebrate yeah Um, chances are the uh monday before easter for us uh likely will not have an episode just that week right before our easter is yeah jam-packed yeah it there are like two church services a day from then on out three at least three with a couple um i think thursday has four maybe well, Friday has uh, three. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. But anyway, um, thank you for joining us for this shorter episode. By the next one, we should have something better and longer. Um, also, this is our 10th episode. Probably should have thought of something better to do. So happy 10th episode. Yay. Happy 10. All right. But anyway, um, Yoshimitsu, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me most places where uh, Plague is under the name Spectre Vamp. And uh, other than that, I will be um, on Lego Ideas under the name, hmm, that's an H, a capital H, followed by seven uh, If you supported my projects and dropped me a follow, that'd be really nice. Thank you. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Scratch, the coding website, as Woodstock05, and also on Lego Ideas as Woodstock05. Um... If you're listening to us just on Spotify, consider also following us on Anchor and maybe some other things. Google Podcasts, we're on there, and Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Hashtag subtle plug, but on um, anyway, Plague Vamp, our co-host who hasn't been on for a very long time, you can contact us through his Discord server, Shadow Den. I'm a big R and he's big S, which are shortened versions of our original names that he gave us. Um, and as for Plague Vamp himself, you can follow him on YouTube. He just reached 200 subscribers. Woo-hoo. He mainly Good just job. live streams Hypixel. If you're, intro- if you're into that kind of thing, you'll probably enjoy his streams. Anyway, thank you for joining us for this episode. Bye. Bye.